welcome to episode 11 of The Manifesto. I'm Nick Tovey from Soulcraft. I have James Menard with me. Say hey, James. Hey, Nick. How's it going? Hey, everyone. Good to be here. Excellent. Uh, Thanks for joining us, guys. So um, this evening or on this episode, we're going to delve into probably one of the key areas that uh, of men's work or work as men that we need to start um, really taking by the horns. And this is uh, our emotional lives. Call it emotional intelligence, call it emotional mastery, call it whatever you want. It's about getting in touch with that part of us, which um, a lot of us have a bit of difficulty with. You know, it's a part of us which... In, histor- in history, we've been um, in- strongly encouraged not to embrace, not to delve into, not to allow to be expressed as men, you know, the whole big boys don't cry sort of uh, attitude, which is extremely uh, prevalent still today and was definitely prevalent in our childhood. Um, but so, you know, as men, we've been so discouraged to, to express, to even uh, admit that we have these emotions going on inside of us. Never mind understand them. But they don't seem to go away, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. You know, and that's, um, I think uh, I read a book once called The Feelings, Alive, uh, Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. And, you know, I think it's I think it's incredibly detrimental, not only to the individual who does, you know, repress and suppress emotions, but, you know, it's pretty detrimental for everyone around the man that that does that as well. Because, um, yeah, I think, you know, as you mentioned, Nick, there's certainly a component to it where, you know, it's uh, it's not the masculine thing to do to show emotions, you know, maybe apart from anger. Um, but usually when men do anger, it boils over into, you know, aggression and hostility. So it's it's not really that we can do anger either very well, um, although it may come out. Um, so, you know, and you, you, it's, it's, you know, it, as you mentioned as well around, you know, it's kind of the, the phrases of, you know, man up or big boys don't cry, uh, you know, stop being a pussy, you know, you gay boy, you know, what are you crying for, you know. Boys grow up in this culture, in the playground, and unfortunately still in a lot of uh, paradigms with parents as well. You know, I, I heard it just the other day on the bus with a, a tantruming, you know, four or five-year-old boy, and his, you know, his mother was obviously a little bit embarrassed. Um, she was feeling a certain amount of shame, uh, and, you know, the old classic line came out of, you know, big boys don't cry, and I just absolutely shuddered. When I, when I heard that and just kind of went, oh my god, you know, straight away, it's just it's 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 awful. It's um, you know, it's it's you know, emotions of uh, you know, are ex- exceedingly intelligent uh, messages that are brought to us and helped us be you know, incredibly uh, successful social primates, uh, and it's what gave us an edge uh, over you know other other species on the planet because um, they do carry very very potent messages and. I think it's just a real shame with the paradigm, you know, that we're in and the stage of development that the masculine finds itself in uh, around emotions. And um, yeah, I, something desperately needs to be done about it, and it will be good. It will be for the good of everyone. It will be good for the, you know, for the good of the individual, for the good of the planet, for the good of you know, 
everyone around a man, kids, parents, um, you know, intimate partner, work colleagues. Um, it's it's just a disaster when we don't uh, when we when we don't have a you know when we're not emotionally literate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, a good place to to sort of set off is is really just defining what is it what are they you know these emotions that are happening absolutely yes they're important to us but what's going on for us and one area that I or one way I like to frame that up is really looking at uh, what I call primary and secondary emotions and the primary emotion is that instant trigger you know that instant flush of, uh, of emotion and often that's what triggers that flight or fight response or uh, what's now called the flight fight or freeze response or if you, you can go a little bit further and call it the fight flight freeze or fuck response <laughs> because when we get this release of adrenaline the release of cortisol into the bloodstream when we're faced with danger um, often you know there, there are four responses to, to emotion a lot of people definitely uh, use sex as a, as a means to, to, to deal with their emotion uh, guys particularly um, but going back to the trigger of that of that fight or flight response it's an essential part of, of, uh, of being a human being you know it was there you know back in our in history it was there to keep us safe to, when faced with danger um, we've got you know we, we, we have this massive release of, of chemicals in the bloodstream our adrenals get on fire our core muscles our big strong muscles get activated they're full of energy uh, our heart rate starts to pump more blood around the body um, we actually lose blood from the extremities they're often the bits that are going to be chopped, bitten off by the saber-toothed tiger that we're facing. Um, and we lose blood from this prefrontal cortex. Lose, we actually, this is, you know, the rational thinking area. We actually lose the ability to think rationally, which is what gets us in the shit a lot of the time, you know. Um, so that's our, our primary emotion, which generally is brought on by fear. I, I, I don't think there's... Uh, well, if you look at the flight or fight response, it's a fear reaction, isn't it? I'm afraid for my life, and here's my options to deal with this. I can either fight, protect myself, protect my family, uh, protect the tribe, or I can leg it and run and hopefully live another day. But when these uh, all these chemicals get let out into the body, they're actually really harmful for us physically. Um, you probably know quite a bit about this as well yourself, so I'd love you to add to it. But um, that if we don't actually release those chemicals by working off that build-up of energy, by doing the running or the or the uh, the physical exertion that we need in order to uh, uh, release those chemicals and allow them to get back into the flow of blood, it's actually damaging to the tissues. Um, and obviously goes on to, co to cause um, all sorts of diseases later in life, like heart disease. Um, so it's essential that we do when we when we release when we have a, uh, a fight or flight response that we move. You look at animals in the, in the animal kingdom. One of their uh, 
reactions. A lot of all the mammals, I think, one when you when they face when they have that fight or flight response, you'll actually see them shake, and that's their natural way, their natural instinct of just releasing all of that tension and letting go of all of that buildup of uh, of energy. Um, and so they've they've developed their own way of dealing with it, which we've sort of lost. You know, we've we've lost that idea, and I think uh, maybe that's where dancing came from. You know, is just to be able to release uh, that that buildup of energy. Because if we don't, firstly, it's going to be damaged damaging to us physically, uh, and obviously, import just as importantly, it's going to be damaged dam damaging to us psychologically. And emotionally, so we—it's like we're storing up all of these uh, these different episodes of fight or flight. If we don't release it, we don't work it off. Um, but the thing is, nowadays we're not often faced with saber-toothed tigers when we walk out of our cave. You know, our, our stress response might be brought on by you know a bill that we don't think we can afford. Um, our stress might be brought on by the driver in front of us braking too hard or cutting us off in traffic. You know, Our stress might be brought on by the boss woke up at the wrong side of bed this morning. You know, um, All sorts of triggers that uh, obviously aren't as dangerous as the saber-toothed tiger waiting outside our cave, but the response is exactly the same. So it has that absolutely the same reaction in our body and in our mind and our brain uh, so needs needs to be released you got more to add to that Jane? yeah certainly it's um i've just been doing a fair bit of reading actually around you know the stress response um rereading books that i've got in my my bookshelf you know for the book that i'm writing at the moment and you know i think you know you've just you know covered it really well there and it's you know it's i think the problem comes you know, we're designed as human beings to deal with, you know, acute acute stressors, um, you know, acute sort of intense stressors. But the problem comes when we're, you know, having to deal with, you know, chronic low to moderate grade stresses, uh, you know, and that's where that repeated sort of stress response in the body, uh, you know, will actually become pretty detrimental in the end. And, um, yeah, so it's, and as you say, it's, uh, you know, it, it's not always appropriate. For us to you know do the old shaking routine in the uh, in the office um, and yeah so it's uh, it, it's certainly you know from a physiological level it can be very very harmful to have these emotions you know different emotions and I think you're predominantly talking about fear at the moment um, you know to be circulating on a regular basis and um, you know it's certainly we need to look at you know improved strategies for, for, for dealing with it and you know first of all I guess you know and, and I've come up with a bit of a you know a strategy like the three R's it's kind of you know recognizing reducing and building your resilience yep. um, you know to all of these you know whether it's a stress response or whether it is you know and let's face it you know intense emotions you know certainly will create that stress response in the body um, you know, whether it's shame, whether it's fear, whether it's, you know, even joy and happiness, you know, that creates the same the same response in our body as well. But it's, and I think, you know, it's really important that we do start to deal, you know, with these emotions because anything that we do suppress or repress, you know, will, you know, as, as I said at the start, feelings buried alive never die. And, 
you know, so if, if we're constantly living with fear, and I think what we're taught when we're young is that, you know, there's definitely positive and negative emotions. Um, and the negative ones need to be not dealt with, and the negative ones need to be not felt. Uh, you know, and this is what we this is what we're brought up with. You know, that anger generally is not all right. Uh, grief is not all right. Um, you know, and shame is not all right. There's just a number of different emotions, and we grow up with these labels attached to different emotions, which is very detrimental in the end. Because when we do start to feel fear, you know, we're not able just to kind of sit with it and process it, turn towards it. Our, our, our instinct is just very much to kind of turn away from it and to run from it, to suppress it, hide it, deny it, uh, or cover it up with, you know, alcohol, just general busyness, um, you know, Facebook, porn, whatever it might be. And, you know, we really don't flex our emotional um, muscles enough. And the more you do flex them, and the more you just do what feels very counterintuitive, um, to turn towards them and actually really allow them in, allow them in. You know, first of all, turn towards it and stop, uh, name it. You know, just very, very simple stuff. And I think a lot of the time when we're working with men, um, the first layer of the emotion that we need to work with a lot of the time is shame. Um, you know, before other emotions can can come in. Yeah. Uh, you know, things like grief or, um, I mean, speaking from personal experience. Um, you know, recently that, you know, I've been living with, a, you know, I guess relatively low grade, low to moderate grade shame uh, around something in my life at the moment. And, you know, I mean, let's let's maybe measure in shame to start with and just, you know, talk about how toxic it can be as an emotion, but how there's very much two branches to shame and one can really stimulate an improved uh, you know, moral and ethical response to poor behaviour from ourselves, um, and the other one can very much paralyse us and you know keep us stuck in you know whatever's you know stuck in our life. And the unhealthy side of shame, you know, is when we actually think that we're inherently bad as a person. Yeah. Um, that's kind of when that comes up. Um, so I'm no good. Uh, I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm a bad person. That's generally when unhealthy shame will come up. But the more healthy side of it is related more to our behavior. So it's not that we're inherently bad, but it's something that we've done uh, is bad. And, you know, we might be out of integrity with ourselves or someone around us, a loved one. Uh, and then, you know, then it's just going to be a really good moral compass for us yeah. to actually to sort of go, wow, okay, I need to make amends here. And um, But, yeah, once we start to become more fluent uh, with shame, uh, you know, we can often sort of open up a lot of other emotions that sort of will naturally start to, you know, surface and, and, and come up. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, you absolutely you hit on some big issues there. But I just want to sort of pull back a little bit and go back to, because I think what you've been talking about there is what I call secondary emotions. So back to the primary emotions being, you know, that, that instant fight or flight response where we don't necessarily have a great deal of choice over that. That's always going to occur and it's there to protect us. It's always going to, it's always going to be there and it is an absolute protective, uh, protection mechanism which uh, is going to look after us. So, but then we need to really recognize how, it, how we're getting triggered and what sort of situations are triggering us. And then once what, and this is where you, you've been sort of hitting on um, 
the different aspect, the different emotions, shame being one of the major ones there, I call them secondary emotions because they're emotions that we're actually creating ourselves through our thinking. Um, whether or not, uh, so the, the, the initial emotion, the primary emotion was an, an instant reaction to external stimuli. Whether or not the, 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 the need for that reaction was necessary or not, that's, that's what's happening. Then the secondary emotion is when that initial energy is actually subsided and then we start to think about what's gone on. Think, And that's where our, 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 our recurring voices about who we are, what we do and how we show up and how worthy we are. Obviously, we're talking about negative so shame being uh, massively uh, prevalent and, and detrimental one, and one which I think exists in all men. And it exists in everyone to an extent, absolutely, but I know from a lot of the work I've done with men, shame around who I am, how I show up, uh, how good I am at my job, how good I am as a father, how good I am as a husband or a partner, um, how good I am as a man, um, you know, do I have these qualities that you know, are a real man, you know, um, and also shame around being a man, you know, there's so much negative baggage that we, we have to endure these days and negative messages that we have to endure as men in the, in the media, in, uh, you know, certain aspects of the radical feminist movement and the, the not so positive aspects of that. Um, which induces quite a bit of shame for men around just that fact, being a man. Mm -hmm. And if a man's ashamed of who he is, how is he ever going to be in a position to really give himself fully to life in all aspects of his life, relationships, work, uh, friendships, service, yeah. all aspects of that. So that, yeah, coming back to those secondary emotions, the secondary emotions, are, obviously, they, they can't, Fear can be a secondary emotion, but it's a self-induced fear brought on by certain patterns of thinking. Um, then, obviously, grief. Grief is about loss. Um, anger. Anger is is definitely a secondary emotion. Um, it can it can be an instant reaction, but it's an it's a anger is brought on by feeling of injustice you know someone's done th done something which is unjust which is wrong to me is taking something away from me whether that's uh, my life whether that's my integrity whether that's my um, whatever it is you know uh, so all these different aspects of, of thought a thought has been has occurred in my mind which is then creating a certain set of feelings and they might be felt in the heart, they might be felt in the body, in the legs, in the jaw. Um, and I think that is the key to start really delving into, uh, into, into a more embodied awareness of our emotional life. Is firstly asking, okay, I'm having an emotion. I don't know what it is. Before I can even name it, I need to be able to actually acknowledge that I'm having it. Um, and then feel it. 
where am I feeling this emotion? You know, is it happening in my chest? Is it my throat? Is it my arms? Am I, is my jaw tight? Are my hands clammy? Am I wringing my hands? That sort of thing. Um, am I grinding my teeth? Is my brow furrowed? Am I frowning? Can I feel tension on my head? Um, finding those places where the emotion is starting to speak to you. Then once you've found the locators, you've found the physical response to the emotion, then you can get more in touch with it and actually give it a name. Okay, this is, this is, this is shame. This is fear. This is guilt. Whatever it is, give it a name. Okay, I'm feeling guilt. This is how guilt feels in this context. And like you said, acknowledgement, you know, really recognizing that we have it. We're, I'm having an emotion. And then being okay with it without, at that point, not necessarily feeling the need to change it. Just feel it. Get in touch with it. How does it actually feel? Without running, without uh, getting on your computer, without getting on your phone, without having sex, without going exercising, just for that moment, you know, work out how it feels just to sit in your emotion. And then there's more to do, which we can do later. But have you got any more to add to that? Yeah, I'm not sure if I 100% agree, agree with the primary and second. I know you sort of did say that, yeah, like anger can be a, did you say anger can be a primary? Um, well, I think an, uh, an aggressive response Obviously, you know, when we're talking about a fight or flight response, it can either be aggressive or, um, or, or retreating, you know, so it's either a forward or a backward action. Obviously, yeah. it's a forward aggression, but it, the, I, I find that the, the, the primary motivator underneath the forward aggression is fear, because I'm afraid for my life. Yeah. And then it turns into anger, so, which helps the aggression. Sure. Yeah, I can see it from that perspective a little bit clearer. I don't. I don't, I don't know if there has to be a thought process that goes on behind it, but uh, I don't. I don't think thoughts stimulate a secondary secondary emotion. I think. I think you know. Certainly they can. You know, and I think that's one of the. Where else uh, do they come from? Oh well, a wound. Uh, you know, a very so, very. But deep... how's the wound activated? Mm, I'd, sometimes I have anger and both shame come up without any thoughts coming up whatsoever. Don't get. We're not talking about conscious thoughts. Here. So there's there's a there's a, a not a subconscious attachment to a wound that has happened in the past, where a belief has been created over a certain uh, activity, a certain response to a certain situation, and that belief, that thought process, has been reactivated later in life. You may not necessarily be conscious of it. But that's what's behind the emotional reaction. Yeah, because I mean, sometimes anger happens in a split second where there's absolutely no chance for for conscious, yeah, conscious yeah. thought. That, 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 that's cleared it up a little bit. Um, so it's, it's those memory patterns that are stored in the back of our subconscious which get triggered. Yeah. Mm. So I'm yeah. I'm not talking about oh I'm going to get angry now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah, just no, looked at me the wrong way. I'm going. Ooh, what shall I do? I'll choose anger this time. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. Yeah, that's, um, that's cleared it up a bit. Um, yeah, where where were we with regards to? So yeah, your... it was just uh, 
talking about, you know, so once we've realized we've ha we're having an emotional reaction to whatever it is, um, how then to just sit with it and, and get in touch with it, feel how it feels, give it a name and get to know the experience for what it is, for its quality. Yeah, 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 I guess, um, uh, yeah, looking at that, in a, you know, if we're going to dive in and look at that in a little bit more detail, I mean, I guess there's, you know, every single emotion has its uh, different nuances, um, you know, with regards to sensations or, you know, posture that it sort of stimulates or, you know, eye contact or lack of eye contact and so that, you know, I mean, every single emotion, like people are different, but I would say there is a kind of a, a universal, you know, there's, there's definitely similarities for, for most people um, with regards to, you know, things, let's maybe talk about shame first of all in a little bit more detail. I've become quite, uh, I've become quite intimate with my shame over the last sort of two or three weeks. So it's, you know, I mean, classically for me, I find it difficult to maintain eye contact. You know when I'm, you know when I'm in a shame spiral, and I can really feel myself uh, spiraling down. And you know, for example, it, you know it's 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 the feeling that will come up if you get caught, you know, without clothes on in public. That's 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 it. We've all had that dream, haven't we? You turn up at school without your, your school uniform yeah. on, or your pajamas on, or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it just you know that that that's the feeling that we're that we're talking about now. Um, you know the feeling that you know generally keeps you pretty small, and you know there'll be posturally there'll generally be a bit of a dropping away. You know like a you know like a caving in, mm -hmm. a caving forwards. Uh, you know you might feel a little bit heated in your cheeks, uh, depending on the intensity of shame that you're feeling. You know slight sort of blushing maybe potentially. Um, you know, the capillary, the capillaries dilating in your cheeks and in your face, you know, you might feel heat somewhere in your body, um, you know, an intense burning sensations possibly in other other areas as well, you know, and you will have potentially individual nuances as well, so it's up to you to kind of get to know, you know, what a shame spiral, you know, feels like for you and potentially, you know, even stimulating, uh, you know, sort of uh, artificially stimulating some some form of shame, you know, so you kind of get to know it in the safety of your own home. And, you know, a lot of the things that I do with my clients, for example, you know, if I'm trying to get them in touch, more in touch with grief, for example, I'll get them to watch, uh, you know, sad YouTube videos or get them to play music that was played at a funeral, you know, for a loved one or anything that's going to stimulate, you know, um, a, a particular emotion and something that's going to enable them to, you know, be in a safe environment because, um, you know, it's not always going to be appropriate to show uh, all emotions uh, in all of in, in all uh, environments. And just you know, as you got your training wheels on, and just so you can maybe face plant a little bit, you know, it's it's always a good idea to do it in the safety uh, of your, you know, um, you know, potentially when you're on your own at home, uh, you know, and doing and just sort of you know, just gradually starting to sort of feel into them. And I guess with emotions, I mean, they you know, and the sensations that. And let's not forget as well that you know you know let's break down the word emotion. You know there's 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 the word motion in there. So you know emotion is all about movement. Um, you know and there will be you'll feel it. You'll feel an energetic uh, response. You'll feel you know physical sensations, uh, and you'll feel a hell of a lot. It's very very juicy and you know very alive. The world of emotions. So it's really. 
you know, and there's a few different, you know, I mean, the, the ones that I get my clients to do is, um, for example, I mean, first of all, yep, you've got to sort of stop and, you know, turn towards, you know, the emotion uh, and potentially a great portal for that for most people is via the physical body, you know, so feeling maybe the heart rates increase, uh, you know, breathing rates increased, you know, maybe if you're experiencing anger, the bottom jaws kind of like come out a little bit. Um, and, you know, but then actually sort of acknowledging and just kind of going, wow, okay, stopping, turning towards it, naming it. And then once you've done that, you can start to really feel into the sort of, you know, your own response to a certain emotion. So it might be naming the directionality of it, uh, which might be sort of like, is it, you know, does it feel like it's coming out or does it feel like it's going inward? Uh, you know, temperature, color, size, shape of the, mo you know, the emotion in your body, uh, you know, which might take a little bit of getting used to it. It's quite, yeah, you know, absolutely. it can feel a little bit numb to start yeah. with, but the more that you build other intelligence in intelligences in your body, like spiritual intelligence, you know, your ability to be present and witness objects in your awareness, um, you know, and improving your somatic intelligence, uh, which is basically your mind-body connection and sensations and any kind of, uh, you know, wisdom that, you know, your gross, subtle or causal bodies, you know, are giving you. Um, you know, and building all of these intelligence side by side that will really enable you to get in touch with these emotions in a bit more. And you'll be able to then, you know, you'll then have almost like a signature kind of sensation going on in the body and you'll be able to spot them a lot quicker once you start to, you know, get in touch with them. And it's, uh, you know, it can be, a, can be a scary place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because particularly if we're not used to it, you know, and if there's been history of, uh, of you being ashamed for actually feeling, feeling emotion. Mm. And um, it's, it's a process and it takes the process of getting used to it. And you're going to muck it up and you're going to get it wrong and you're going to forget and you're going to... Um, but yet you need to give yourself a little bit of flexibility and a little bit of, uh, of, of acknowledgement of the effort, you know. And you're going to... All we're trying to do here is put a little bit of space between your emotion being experienced and your reaction. Because a reaction... An emotional reaction, there's no, there's no control, there's no consciousness, there's no awareness. What you're wanting to do is respond rather than react. Yeah? So the difference between reaction and respond is choice. I can't have choice if I haven't got awareness. So if I'm not aware that I'm having a strong emotional re response to a certain stimuli, a certain situation, then who's in charge? The emotion. I'm not in charge, yeah? So this is what, when it comes down, and this is the way I, I like to term emotional work is about emotional mastery. So it's about becoming the master of, our, of my emotional life, my emotional world, rather than the other way around, rather than allowing the emotions to control. And that's what, essentially, that's what's happening when uh, when we re we're emotionally reactive. Whether, whether it's an external reaction or an internal reaction, and I think that's a really strong distinction that I, I, I need to make here. Not all emotional reactions are external. So, anger, for instance, can be external. It can be internal too. Um, so, if I'm getting angry at myself for certain things, for certain ways of thinking, for certain behaviours, then that's an internalised anger. 
um, an internalized emotion. Not everybody is, uh, is, is, is extroverted. So someone who is more introverted is more likely to be, express their emotions internally. So you may not even be aware of it, but their internal world is hell, is, uh, is, is painful, is full of all of these emotions going on. So we need to be aware of the external emotions as well as the internal emotions. Mm. Sorry, the externally uh, expressed emotions or the internally expressed emotions. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Around anger, I think that's probably a a, a really a good a, a good one to talk about in that in that sense as well. You know, it's kind of uh, you, know, it, you know, there's lots of people that look at anger and sort of say, you know, what should it be? Should it be anger in or anger out? Mm. Um, and it's uh, it's a very it's a very interesting uh, argument. I mean, you know, with regards to my personal experience with with anger. Um, you know, I learned at a very young age that it, you know, that it wasn't safe for me to express my anger externally, uh, for example, because it would have, uh, you know, potentially have increased, um, you know, my, uh, the, you know, the, the, the smacking I received as a, as a child. Uh, you know, if I would have got angry back, it would have been like, you know, fire meeting fire, which, you know, so, so my strategy for dealing with anger at a very young age was very much to, you know, internalize it uh, and not externalize it. And I carried that into my, into my adult life, you know, much to my detriment uh, and my, you know, and my, and my marriage, marriage's detriment. And, you know, I think that's such an important point for us to uh, really, you know, thrash out here is, is why show emotions? You know, why is it important to get them out? Uh, you know, why is it important to have a healthy relationship with them and express them in a healthy way? Mm. Uh, you know, and for me, that's one of the, you know, greatest lessons for me around my anger and my relationship to it was, you know, I internalized it. So my anger very much turned into a, a form of anger, which is, you know, called passive aggressiveness, yeah. um, you know, which is, you know, a surefire way to rot any intimate relationship very, very quickly. From the inside out, and to create a lot of toxicity, uh, you know, in your own body and in others as well. And it's, um, yeah. So I've had a very interesting journey with anger, you know, since then. Uh, and I certainly, since having uh, having uh, children, uh, I've really reowned my anger. And I've, you know, it's gone from being very much internalised to, you know, kind of externalized, you know, I've face planted a number of times where it has become aggressive and, and, and hostile. Um, but I had this one extremely interesting experience with, uh, with anger um, and I was just separating from my ex-partner and we were moving some of my furniture out, um, you know, which, which, which pissed me off no end to be honest with you and I felt a lot of, a lot of rage to be honest with you. And we were moving like the headboard uh, of my of, 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 of the bed, you know, down down the stairwell, and um, you know, I can, you know, it was just way too heavy for my ex-partner to lift, um, you know, and I was getting more pissed off. She was getting more pissed off, and in the end, you know, I just uh, I just absolutely flipped it. I lost it in a in a big big way. Uh, well, not hugely. I mean, I'd, I'd still sort of, you know, I, I mean, I did let off a four-letter expletive at the top of my voice. I just kind of went. Fuck! Like this, and uh, you know, my my ex-wife and my my son just both kind of looked there, you know, with their eyes like this, and just kind of going. I think more in shock than anything else, because for 
you know, six years I've never ever shown my anger, you know, yeah. like that. And I don't particularly think it was aggressive. I didn't I wasn't I didn't go into my reactive conditioning. I think it was pretty clean. It came out. And you know, this is another benefit of really going into your emotion, uh, not being run by it, not letting it drive the bus, but being close enough to it so you can express it and really feel it. You know, you'll you'll often get a big spiritual cracking on the other side of it and a big you know, you'll, you, you'll often experience quite a deep state of emotion uh, afterwards, which I totally did. Uh, you know, once I picked this headboard up on my own, which weighs a ton, is quite awkward to move, and I just shifted it down the stairs. You know, again, you know, we come back to what you were talking about. You know, my, my anger had a, had a, you know, an, uh, you know a, uh, a way of kind of working its way out of my body. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I sat around the corner for a little bit or stood around the corner leaning against this, you know, massive headboard. And, and I, I've never felt so alive in my life, to be honest with you. Never in a million years felt so alive and so present. My heart rate, my breathing, it was just all so, you know, it was just, you know, so vibrant. And, uh, you know, I just felt so alive. And, and the interesting thing was that, you know, this is, this is where I think emotional intelligence is so important that, you know, I went upstairs after that. And I was totally ready to enter back into a relationship with my ex-wife after that, even though I was so angry with her. Yeah. But previously to that, if I would have been passive-aggressive, I would have held on to it for hours, days, weeks, months. So I think that's just a great example of how important it is you know, for us because it allows us to come back into a relationship so much quicker you know, when we're... And it, and it creates connections between people as well. I think you know, empathy, you know, without emotional intelligence, you know, how can we be empathetic towards, you know, other people? And it just, it connects us to other human beings. Before, and I've been speaking and rabbiting on, there's just one more thing I'd like to say, is that, I mean, we're so diverse as human beings, you know, totally, totally diverse. And if you look at, for example, we'll go in through the physical, first of all, you know, we're all totally different, like physically, like our fingerprints, there's not exactly the same fingerprint on anyone else than there is on us. Um, you know, and once we start to go deeper, you know, into our thoughts and our values and our beliefs, you know, we start to become a little bit more similar, uh, you know, because we all, you know, certain certain ones of us have, you know, similar values, similar beliefs, um, you know, similar wounds, that kind of stuff. But then I think when we start to boil it down to emotions, I think we all become even more similar. And I think, you know, we can connect to... You know, we can connect to everyone in the world when we start to relate to each other through emotions, you know, and it's just like, you know, if someone says to you, wow, I'm just feeling a lot of grief at the moment or a lot of shame, if we're in touch with our own shame, our own grief, our own anger, that then opens up, you know, the heart towards each other and that relational aspect where we can just go, you know what, I know exactly what that feels like, bang, there we go, there's connection there, you know, even if it's me trying to connect with a, I don't know, you know, I'm just trying to think of the most different person on the planet, like a Jew, like an old Jewish lady who lives in Israel, you know, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, if we can start to relate to each other on the level of emotions, which is Absolutely. why I think it's so damn important. Absolutely. And, you know, on that, I think one of the most important ways to start to sort of build that emotional muscle is really being able, is, is intentively trying to recognize emotion on a person's face and name it, you know. We, we do it so subconsciously. We can see someone, if, if we're lucky enough to be able to, uh, to, to, to be aware of a person's 
facial expressions and and read the emotion from them because you know there are certain people that have real difficulty with that uh, particularly if we start to look at people on the autism spectrum that just have absolutely no idea uh, they just cannot read an emotion on a person's face and but obviously that's a, a minority but unfortunate you know quite a quite a quite a large number um, but I think just coming away from the autism spectrum just people in general particularly men who haven't really done a great deal of uh, of, of uh, emotional awareness um, exercising in life and, and a great deal of uh, suppression emotional suppression we're just not we're cut off from that part of life you know that that part of life is being is been severed from us although it's still occurring and our awareness of it isn't isn't there so it's we find it very difficult to actually read a person's emotions in their face so it's a good idea to actually start to name them so it's looking at a person's face you know whether you do it on youtube or on different uh photos that you can see there's plenty of images that are available on google um and just look at a person's expression what are they feeling and give it a name you know is that anger is that shame is that fear is that doubt is that boredom is whatever it is you know it's it's important that we can start to like you said it's about bridging that gap between me and the other me and that other person uh, me and like you said every one of us feels these things we all feel them yes they may come through in slightly different individualized unique nuance nuances they may be expressed differently for me as they are to you um, but every one of us has this experience of these emotions um, and they're a blessing it's one one of the blessings of being a human being it's what it's what uh, separates us from a lot of the other animal kingdom the rest of the animal kingdom it's uh, it really is a, a, a an absolute blessing so, so to get in touch with them makes us a more rounded whole integrated individual who's then able to connect with people on a much deeper level one of the the greatest barriers to to intimacy is is fear of our own vulnerability and when you think of what vulnerability means it's all about emotion it's all about uh my fear my wounds my my shame my guilt you know all of these things that we're trying to hide from other people hide from the world around us um, because we're afraid that they're then going to judge us and think of us as a, a lesser man um, if I have these things but guess what we all do <laughs> so once we start to actually own it and be uh, be, be be strong in our endeavor to to really being taking responsibility for these things that are going on us on inside of us and being able to then skillfully express them and then you know, obviously obviously that takes us down a, a route of really mastering our, our communication and how we can communicate um, these feelings and these needs and these uh, values in a skillful way um, which is a another podcast for another time um, that's going to start to bring down that barrier between you and the other person, you and the world around you. And then 
and only then can we have any hope of being able to experience true intimacy between us and another person. Um, and that goes with your relationship. I meet so many men and, and women as well, but particularly, you know, obviously with clients, guys that just cannot even share their internal world with their, with their partner. A, because they don't know, they can't express it, they're disconnected from their emotional life. B, because they're scared, they're afraid. They don't want to be seen as uh, as an emotional human being by their by their partner. If you can't do it with your partner, how the hell do you think you're going to do it with anyone else? And if you, I mean, let's face it. If you're with a uh, a woman that's evolved enough, um, then they they fucking love it. They yeah. they love to see an expression of you know a full out healthy expression of emotions. Um, and it just totally opens up um, a much more intense uh, connection with the other person. That's uh, yeah, that I've, that I've you know that I, I really feel for people that that, that that don't experience that that level of connection, you know, and that sort of have that you know. I mean, there's there's, there's obviously connection on a number of different levels, and we can look at it from you know having the same set of values, beliefs, you know, long-term dreams and goals. Um, you know, being physically attracted to someone, but you know, when you start to add that, you know, emotional connection and resonance, um, you know, and contagion, uh, call it what you will, with another person, then I think that takes the connection to a whole new, a whole new level, which, Absolutely. you know, which is, I mean, they're all important, they're all very, very important, but for me, the you know, when I'm watching my partner, you know, work through her shame or, you know, working through her grief or fear or whatever it might be, it just connects me to her on a totally different level, you know, because I, and I only think you'll really get that, you know, when you've worked on those emotions and you've experienced the intensity of emotion yourself, you know, because then you, and then it just opens up that empathetic highway. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from that, then you can take, um, you know, appropriate emotional action as well, depending on what emotion comes up and offer your support or, you know, set a boundary if it's anger that's come up between two of you. Um, you know, grief, you know, you know, just really griefing the loss of something or sadness, letting go of, uh, you know, something that's not working for you anymore or, uh, you know, what's the, what's the other one I was going to say? I can't quite remember. Um, you know, shame, you know, correcting behavior that, you know, might not be that's detrimental for you or, you know, another person and making amends. And as you said, you know, just seeing them as an absolute blessing, you know, with, with messages and taking baby steps, you know, with it and looking at, you know, I always find it helpful to look at the five major emotions, um, you know, which is, and some of them rhyme as well, so it makes them a little bit easier to remember. So, Mad, sad, glad, fear, and shame. So there's there's five to remember, and you know just giving yourself time and space and presence, you know mindfulness, and using it as a mindfulness practice, you know like as a form of meditation to actually just kind of sit with and go, wow, what what is it, you know, and look at the different aspects of your, you know, the way your body deals with an emotion and expresses it, and then just yeah start to get in touch with them and. Um, and really just 
hold on to your butt because it opens up such a richness to life that you know has, has, has never been there. And that's and one last thing for me is that you know you can't just suppress the bad ones. Um, I think that's a really important thing to mention here as well is that you you know if you suppress if you suppress the anger if you suppress the grief you know then that you know then it then it you know it takes the edge off the happiness and the joy in life as well. So uh, that in and of itself is just such an important reason, you know, and it, you, you end up with this monotonous kind of life and don't think that the more intelli emotionally intelligent you become, the easier life is going to get. It will, but you'll, it, it hurts as well. It's not, it's not an easy path, you know, getting in touch with the emotions. You'll feel into everything and you'll have the highs and you'll have the lows and, you know, you'll think, God, why did I do this? Why did I do this? But, you know, but then from that comes the deeper kind of connection and stuff which you know, experience in, in the you know in the first place so. yeah so as you said it's like broad it's like the 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 you shining the the turning the light up on on the experience of life and that includes pain as well as joy and love and all the all the good stuff as well and i think um a, a really important point to make there is how we, you know, we, we've obviously talked a lot about what, you know, what we can call the negative emotions, not that they're negative at all, but the experience of them is negative because it doesn't feel so good a lot of the time. Um, but also we've got the, the, the shiny side too. We've got all of our excitement, our joy, our love, our happiness, our, our um, glee, you know, all of those beautiful, magical experiences that are open to us. Um, and also, as men, they can get suppressed as well as children, you know. And obviously for girls too. But I think just having having the ability to be to be able to really embrace excitement, <laughs> uh, you know, jumping for joy, excitement. That's it's mm. uh, there's a there's a beauty in that, you know. And the the stoic um, masculine. Uh, man can't show that, can he? <laughs> um, so how much, and you know, how how can we, unless he's watching the football or something, you know? Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? How, I mean, you look at that. If you look at, just take that example for a while. That's really the only place where it's acceptable for a man in society to freely express his emotions. Would you agree? Sport, the sporting arena, where well, not even in the in on the field, but in the seats or behind the TV, you know, watching. You get a few blokes together, and you'll see them go through a massive spectrum of emotions. Mm -hmm. And yeah, listen, maybe that's a great practice for men. Maybe that's a great place to start. You know, to kind of start to pick emotions apart. Yeah. And as I say, I mean, I think it's a great. That's one of the reasons I love sport. Is that it just kind of takes you through so many different emotions, so yeah. intense. I remember watching the Rugby World Cup in 2003 uh, back in London, and you know, I, I, you know, one minute I was crying into my pint, and the next minute I was just up and out and just, you know, jumping for joy, literally. And uh, you know, but yeah, so uh, you know, I think I agree, and you know, it's one of the only places it reminds me of that guy that um, in the Lions tour, you know, like a big six foot eight, you know, giant of a man who was playing for Australia, who, you know, was openly, I wouldn't say openly, you know, but he was weeping, you know, yeah. after, after the match. And, 
you know, the amount of people that, you know, predominantly women, uh, you know, that just sort of said, wow, you know, and that yep. was, and they, they loved it. They loved to see a man that's gone into battle and done his external warrior, yep. you know, but then sort of got into, you know, he had a certain amount of shame. He didn't want to be filmed crying. Um, you know, it wasn't totally open. But the very fact that he was, you know, able just to even let it go and you know, be, be filmed was, you know, I think that's, it's great. It's great to have these men on TV and, you know, it's great for them yes. to be leading the way. Yeah, and that, that's, it's an interesting, uh, that as, a, as an example of where we've come from, you know, when you, you go back 50 years, you wouldn't get two teams or a team of uh, football players hugging each other. You know, they scored a goal, they went and shook each other's hand, maybe a little pat on the back or a pat on the shoulder, you know. Now, you know, there's a massive embrace um, and you will see men cry on, uh, uh, you know, there's so much emotion involved in, in putting your uh, your life on the line in that in that arena. Um, all the tension, all the excitement, all the hype that goes into facing, facing battle in the sporting arena. But... So it's 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 really refreshing and encouraging that we have. It's very easy to see that progression and where we where we have actually started as men in in the culture to actually embrace the emotional side of ourselves a little bit more. Um, but I think now it's about you know really taking it into all areas of our life and and this is a, a really important point that I want to make here for guys. Um, we absolutely need to, to, to get in touch with our emotions and women, uh, our partners want that, but they don't want you to fall in a heap and blubber away and want mummy to rock you to bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not very sexy and that ain't going to get you very far. Absolutely express your emotion, but take responsibility for it. Don't make it her problem. You know, don't make it, don't want, don't ask for, for mummy to kiss it better and make it all better. Um, be really recognize where, uh, where you're falling into the little boy asking, asking for mummy to make it all better. Yeah. Um, and take a bit of ownership for that. You know, of course, we're all going to slip. We're all going to fall and, and, and slip into that little, uh, boy posture from time to time, but recognize it. Okay. I'm projecting, I want mummy, um, now it's, I'm taking ownership. And let her know, you know, let your partner know, uh, okay, I recognize that I'm in a, I'm in emotion, I'm, I'm with it, I'm owning it, I'm taking responsibility for it, and I'm going to deal with it, and I'd love your support. Yeah, but not making it her responsibility. Yeah, and I think, you know, that you could start to drill down into the, uh, what I call the psycho-emotional uh, pattern that you know that comes up with different emotions, and as you say, you know, there's there's certain ways to deal with it. There's uh, you know, there's a there's the, the the boyish way of dealing with it, and then there's the you know the the men's way of dealing with it. And the boy would, I guess, generally tend to turn into either the victim or the creator. Uh, sorry, the victim or the persecutor. Uh, you know, around and you know, blaming and shaming someone else, or, or you know, just wallowing. Yep. In emotion and not feeling it in a really crisp, clean, sort of very clear way, you know. And when you do that, 
unless you know it's a very very full-on experience that's created the emotion then you know you should work through it pretty quickly yeah. and that's the great thing about feeling emotion is that you know if you do it in a mature way that you know it, it doesn't grip you for anywhere near as long you know as it does if you you know either wallow in it or you suppress it hide it you know it just it's a very quick experience uh, very very illuminating it can be and um, you know carries just millions of years of, of wisdom absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely. Um, another point I want to make there is that, that just recognizing that you know not every, it's not always the right time to, to, to be emotionally expressive you know part of part of the masculine part of the gift of the masculine is having a, as we talked about in our last episode you know is being able to uh, when the shit hits the fan, to be in control and to and to move through it, you know, it's not appropriate in that moment when everyone else is losing their shit for you to lose it too. Maybe it's up to you in that moment to really keep it together. And you know, if if you're at work and there's a massive problem, and yes, you might experience a bit of fear, a bit of anxiety, a bit of anger, whatever it is that's going on for you now might not be the right time to deal with it, you know, to, to really fall into that and go, okay, I'm having an emotion. How does it feel? Where am I feeling it? Um, breathe. And, okay, it's this is anger. I'm feeling anger. You might not have time for that. So what you need to do is go, okay, recognize it, quick instinct. Here it is. Make a little appointment with it later, yeah? I'm going to come back to you. Now I need to be present. I need to get my shit together. I need to face this uh, problem, this task, whatever it is. Deal with your shit. Come back to it later. Okay, what was that? I felt that. Where was it? And the thing is, with emotion, it all gets stored. We can access it just by directing our thoughts and our memory, you know? back to that place and that emotion can come back just like that so don't worry about it not being there <laughs> it's going to be there yeah sure yeah nice nice i like that um analogy or metaphor of making an appointment with it that's, mm. cool. that's nice um and just i mean i guess we should start yeah rounding up a little bit because it's coming up to the hour mark but um you know one thing i think i wanted to mention that's kind of been coming to me in and out as we've been talking, is that um, is around shame again, um, and how that has the ability very quickly to turn into uh, aggression yeah. uh, for men, and that's a that's a very very sort of well worn path in our uh, in our brain uh, and in our neuroscience, and it's just um, so I think if you're experiencing, you know, if you feel that you're quite an aggressive person, you know, at work, at home. Um, you know, on the sports pitch or wherever it might be, then you know, really look into that. And is it is it the shame that's kind of you know stimulating and kicking the uh, you know the aggression into uh, you know, and actually rather than letting it go fall into aggression or mutate into aggression, is actually just kind of sitting with the shame and looking at what is creating shame in your life. So for me, a quick example, because uh, I always think examples are very handy. Um, it was very apparent for me on the football pitch when I was playing football and um, you know I used to be pretty good at football pretty handy and I'm not so handy anymore 
Um, so I often find that a lot of shame comes up for me. So for example, when I try and do something that I used to be able to do quite easily on the football pitch, and I just can't do it anymore. Like if, uh, if I shoot and it goes horribly wide, you know, horribly over or whatever, then you know, I often very quickly I'll you know I'll swear at the top of my voice, you know, when I when when I've done that, you know, and it gets quite aggressive, you know, and I can get quite aggressive with it, but. If I actually stopped with the original emotion, it's actually the shame and the embarrassment that I yep. felt at you know not being able to do what I used to be able to do, and just kind of feeling embarrassment. And then I try and hide it with a manly kind of like fuck, fuck like that, you know. And so it's so that's a that's a you know an example of how shame can mutate into aggression. And you know I think it's something that lots of guys experience, and Absolutely. unfortunately it can be quite toxic for people yeah. around. Yeah. Or what, you know, as we talked about a couple of episodes ago with uh, with violence, you know, men and violence. Um, what do you think is underneath the majority of violence going on in the world, you know, um, is shame. Um, and trying to prove to the world, to other people, to ourselves, to mum and dad, that um, I'm not ashamed, you know. I am this idea of a man, whatever it is. Um, and I'll enforce that, and I'll show the world that I'm strong. But obviously, it comes out in a very unhealthy and um, toxic way, as you said. Yeah. So, any uh, last closing uh, comments, suggestions, tips? 